0: and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes.
1: We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog
0: adventure of your own. It's episode 57. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody.
1: Hey, it's like Heinz ketchup today.
0: 57? 57 day. It's Heinz 57 day. Why is it 57? Is it because there's um, a flavor amount or a total? Maybe ingredients? ingredients? I don't know. I, I, knew, I used to know what that was and now I don't 1957? know. 1957? Nah, I don't know. I think it was before that. Yeah, I don't really like ketchup anymore. I used to use it a lot as a kid, but I don't put ketchup on even my hamburger right now. I know there's people out there who are thinking, you're an idiot. you Neanderthal. (laughs) You don't have ketchup ketchup on on your hamburger. It is like a sin, but I like to just put mustard on it. I just put a nice Dijon mustard on my hamburgers, and that makes me sound like a Mm. a snooty French person or something. You European (laughs) lover. I love it. I don't like to put ketchup on there. Ketchup is a syrup sauce. Uh, so so I was going
1: to google it but I'm not going to because you guys know what it is someone's going to leave it in the comments so I'm going to leave it to you thank you very much and since
0: we're doing our segments these ways we're not getting a break taking a break to go and look up Heinz 57 stuff so we'll go forward so welcome back guys talk about photography I feel like from last podcast I need to correct something we came off the wrong way I got feedback from a buddy of mine who was saying you guys sound like total morons just about the afterglow how do you not know that there is an afterglow we didn't mean to make it sound like we had never heard of it but we were definitely talking about it that way we were trying to talk about in our foot in our in our growth as photographers we hadn't taken advantage of the afterglow or thought about it in that way because certainly didn't plan for it right and you'd sit there and you'd see the clouds and you'd think, okay, well, this is when the sunset color coming. Okay, it didn't happen. So most likely that's it. You, 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 I always thought about the afterglow as being something that happens, it extends, it's still glowing. And then I finally was realizing as we're watching sunsets and we're doing this, there is like 20 minutes, 15, 15, 30, sometimes 30 minutes afterwards, you get a completely blow up sky of afterglow.
1: Yeah, so maybe it's something that's unique to this area because- no, It's
0: everywhere in the world.
1: Mm, true, it because even at the, the sunrise in North Carolina, there was that strong, really super bright red glow, mm-hmm. and then it went away, and then it was like dawn again.
0: It's all a matter of whether yeah. the light that has at and that- then sunrise Oblique came. angle is hitting clouds, and if it has some clouds to hit, I mean, I was just thinking about it yesterday, knowing that we were going to talk about it in the podcast- Yeah. Why does it do that? I, I get that the sun but then I realize, oh yeah, yeah, it's light of the sun going through our atmosphere mm-hmm. and hitting the clouds above me. It's not just that the sun is hitting this curvature of the earth and it's just uh it's an oblique angle of sunlight. It's that the sunlight's also the color of that sunlight's happening to go through all of the atmosphere that's you know on that side of the curve and, and hitting these so clouds, red. and it changes its color. Yeah. And it's different every night because yeah, yeah. the atmosphere is different every night.
1: Yeah, so you just never know. So that's why we are now telling people, hey, don't forget to hang out for <laughs> yeah. a half an hour after you got your shot because this could happen. And not Bre- necessarily it will, but it could.
0: Right. And Brendan and I are not afraid to say that we are learning some things still. And we're learning things about landscape photography as we get more time for that because we have spent the last two years, we've been hitting and hitting and hitting astrophotography. When we take time to leave our families and go somewhere for a adventure, we're planning it around the new moon so that we can do astrophotography and good weather at that location so we can have astrophotography. And so if you're doing Milky Way Photography and you're trying to find the cloudless skies, we don't have we're really good We're not focusing on sunset, no. No, and when we do see a sunset, there, there aren't those times of afterglow because we found a nice dry desert sky without clouds above. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we're just, we're not new to the phenomenon of Afterglow and we're not saying that we discovered it and everyone should know about it. It just, just hasn't been
1: our focus. And so it's kind of surprising yeah. to us. So, and we're yeah. gonna hit
0: this just one more time in today's podcast, because we're talking about our Pocatello Photo Club hangout. And there was an Afterglow experience there that is so much different than what I ever expected and what I knew about Afterglow. And so mm, that's yeah. the stuff we were trying to hit on as we knew we had that that experience so we brought it up in the fall colors one because we had it again where the sun had set it was mm-hmm. long gone and i'm still benefiting from light on my subject from the afterglow not just that right. it gets red longer but that it actually was doing what it was doing to the scene and knowing that with the camera in my hand how i wanted to use that light in the scene is so much different than when you're sitting there with you know, a girlfriend or sitting there by yourself and watching a sunset. Right. You just don't break everything apart and figure out all of what it's doing to the world around you. You just stare at it. And you're
1: like, oh, well, boring. especially when you're in a place with such dark red rock, then when you have this super dark red afterglow shining on mm-hmm. it, it just really just lights things up like something you've never seen before. So that's <laughs> yeah. another thing that is different for our afterglow because we're in a place that's really taking advantage of it too. And so it's really popping out to us like really. Just, ex, you know, I don't even know how to, how to exclaim it anymore, but it's just super. Exclaim
0: it or explain it? Are you saying like. I'm exclaiming, exclaiming it now now. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> now, now. Now, now. Now, now. Now, now. I'm done now. And welcome to the new patrons. We had a bunch yeah. of you come in this last week, and we really, really appreciate it. We Seriously, know I a did. lot of you have mentioned specifically that you're excited for our processing videos, and you want to see those, because patrons of $5 and up get access to all of our processing videos and archive, and we'll mm-hmm. sell them individually for eight ninety five 95 on our website, and you can just buy them and have them. Or you can get the raw image plus the processing video entirely for, well, free, because you're a $5 monthly member. And so, We have Mm -hmm. access to it for as long as you are a patron. So uh, excited to have you guys. And Brendan and I have done something. We worked something out that's going to allow us to get some of those processing videos out sooner. And so we're excited for that. And so, hmm. I just went ahead and told you guys some of the stuff that I said I wasn't going to tell you stuff <laughs> until we actually had it done. So let's go into the Pocatello Photo Club podcast. We're sharing a fun adventure. We went out with Larry Peterson, invited us to go out mm-hmm. with him in his Pocatello Photo Club over September 29th and September 30th. And since I've been doing a ton of talking, Brendan, where did they actually have us come meet him?
1: So we met him at Bryce Canyon.
0: Yeah, I love Bryce Canyon.
1: And I can't remember what the circumstance was, but we drove basically through the
0: night to get there the very next morning, the first morning. We knew we were meeting them for the sunrise, but I don't remember why we had to drive through the night, why we didn't sleep earlier.
1: I can't remember either. I think there was something that was either going on in my life or your life that was keeping us... At Home until that night, and then we could leave that night and meet him in the
0: morning. So, hmm, yeah, we had to meet what was it, like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m.? I think it was 5 a.m. We five were meeting sun- them for the sunrise, yeah, yeah.
1: Sunrise was at 6 ish, I think. so, we yeah. met at 5 to give ourselves plenty of time,
0: yeah. And so that Pocatello Photo Club, you guys are fantastic and we want to do a call out for all of you right now. So I'm going to pull up your notes, but in Bryce Canyon, there's two places that we went to. Where were they? So we did the actual Bryce
1: Canyon Inspiration Point. Um, We met there in the parking lot in the morning and that sunrise was phenomenal. Um, We had done a sunrise like that previously the year before in August. And I got some pictures of that sunrise and this year I was really happy with the results. It was such a better sunrise, such better clouds, and I was there like you know an hour early to set up and make everything. And I've got some images. I basically set up my time
0: lapse and that let it was go at the Perseid night or this one with the Pocatello Photo Club.
1: This this time with, with the Poco, with the photo club, I set up that morning. I set up my camera in the spot I wanted it. Set it for time lapse, and then I just jumped around from person to person, said hi, and you know helped anybody else that wanted you know that wanted settings or guidance or whatever yeah and um because that's kind of what we were there for is to maybe help out a little bit so did that and man some of the i could pull out some of the stills from that time lapse and they just like that orange glow hitting that white rock is just (laughs) fantastic in the sunrise yeah let's talk more
0: about that here in a second so The Pocatello Photo Club, you guys were awesome hosts. Thanks for letting us come join you. I'm going to quickly go down the list of all all your names, so shout out to you, but it's a long list for everyone else. (laughs) Buck Dutton, Annie Dutton, Larry Peterson, Becky Peterson, Wayne Milliard, Eric Johnson, Marcus Harold. Gary Tatum, Barb Tatum, Patty Ford, and Patty's sister, Becky. Nice. So, hey, guys. Thanks so much for letting us hang out with you. It was a freaking blast. It was fun. When we we initially got to Inspiration Point, it was pitch black, driven through the night, and everything's good on the audio Mm -hmm. there? Okay. We were driven to Inspiration Point, and we were exhausted, but we only had about an hour until they were going to meet us, so we didn't sleep much. I think we tried, but we mostly had to get ready. So, we're sitting there watching things go on, and we're the only car in the parking lot. And there was a situation where a car finally showed up and like, hey, it might be them. And it drove over to the bathroom, parked over there. And I'm looking to see if anyone in that group it might be Larry. He's like, hey, I wonder if Larry's going to get out and come talk to us. It was they so didn't... dark though;
1: we couldn't tell oh, who yeah. was who.
0: They knew that our vehicle was there, so I thought they might approach mm-hmm. us. No one was approaching us. Then we see two figures walk down the side of the, par- of the parking lot and head out on Inspiration Point. Mm-hmm. And about 20 minutes later, one figure is walking back. <laughs> and I'm like uh oh are, are we just a witness to a murder hey buddy come check out Inspiration Point it's really awesome Enjoy your I, I just trip. pictured Takes him fall. going out there looking up there and saying isn't this a beautiful view and this one shove you know kind of like a house of cards kind of one shove you're dead yeah that would wow that would wow. Not, not, not be fun. <laughs> so, when we saw the one figure coming back, it was kind of concerning. <laughs> but then it turned into like a little, I'm a kid because I watch Tangled. I love Tangled. And it's like that moment where the two twins are walking together and then they split and their shadow split so it was actually two people with one figure and we couldn't tell from our angle and so after about 20 yards of walking they split and we can finally see that there were two people there were just one of them <laughs> had their headlamp on and that was it and it wasn't that he had just murdered his buddy friend or whoever he fooled to come out there with him at you know four in the morning so they walked by. They were not the F- Pocatello Photo Club. So now we're starting to think, okay, it's nearing five. We were going to meet here. I wonder if we're in the wrong spot.
1: Oh, that's the worst feeling.
0: <laughs> We've never met any of them in person before.
1: We didn't know what vehicles to look for or Nothing. anything. Yeah,
0: and we didn't give them information on our vid- vehicle either. And so, no, I don't think so no. we just hoped that they would see someone else there in the parking lot and that they would find us and come to us. So right about what five thirty.
1: I yeah 525 30ish yeah closer
0: yeah. to halfway through the hour yeah and they start showing up and Okay, that was comforting. Okay, I started to see more people. Yeah. They're grouping up in a circle. And so I decided I'm going to go over there and say, hey, are you guys the Pocatello Photo Club? And they were, in fact, and we all got together, met you know, in complete pitch black. I remember Buck Dutton. He introduced <laughs> himself to me, and I'm like, hey. And he had a full uh, frontal mask on to keep himself warm, his hood on. I had no idea what and he was. And was it like a like. skull mask, too? Yeah, skull <laughs> mask. Like he was part of the Sons so of like, Anarchy Brotherhood. So you're like,
1: okay, this is intimidating because the guy's <laughs> tall,
0: too. Yeah, really tall guy. He keeps joking with me, and I have no idea who he is. I just see his eyes. Yeah. So I couldn't even recognize him the first time I saw him without it after sun, sunrise, and finally saw him in the light. I had no idea who was who. I had talked to a bunch yeah, of them, yeah. had had known them by name and by voice, but nearly none of them did I recognize in the light. Had no clue who to place with who. And Larry couldn't make it that morning. He ended up, oh, that's ended right. up accidentally bending something in his trailer yeah like the receiver or something
1: like that his trailer got bent and he had to like take it apart and fix it or something yeah something so weird happened.
0: really late couldn't get good sleep that night and ended up not being able to make it for the sunrise with us that's
1: right so he came late but we did see him later that day right
0: yep we saw him later that day still so that was awesome larry but it felt bad that we were there to meet larry peterson hang out with him he was a listener from the photog adventures foot podcast mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. invited us to join him out there and now he was nowhere to be found But his friends were happy to have us there. Yes, they're showing on. Yeah, And so now it's the sunrise and we're standing out on the edge and in the dark, if you guys have been out here, you're in a precarious scenario Mm -hmm. where there's just a little bit of a slant and then it goes to the drop off and that's really loose, sandy dirt. And if you get a little bit of lost footing and you go, you're going to your death. Pretty
1: much, yeah. I mean, you're going down a couple hundred feet probably yeah. and hitting who knows how many rocks on the way down.
0: Oh, it's not one of those things where you can put out your arms and spread eagle and just slow yourself down and get yourself back up. It's It's gone. It's a lobster pot trap, you know, where you go. Yeah, and,
1: and the the funny thing is the lip goes up at an angle and then drops. Yeah. And so you actually have a little bit of, you know, warning, like you're going back up. You're like, whoa, 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 this the is edge. the lip, you know, so... um but it's hard to set up a tripod on that lip too because of that, because it's not just a flat then drop off that lip makes it difficult. And it maybe gives, gives you a little bit of false security too. So yeah, you've got to be very careful on that edge.
0: And I kept trying to show people where to go and backing up to it looking at them, saying, here's where you want to set up, and I'm I'm back up to them. And if I take one false move, I was going to kill myself. I don't know why I was doing that. That was a bad move. <laughs> it was. Normally I I'm teasing Brennan that. for doing crazy stuff like that, but it was me. It was in the dark. <laughs> I thought I had five yards or so, but no, I was on the last like 16 inches of the cliff, and I was standing there, mm. hey, guys, so back up over here, put your tripods in this spot. And so when we got there, no... Nope, pre-glow. There was no Mm pre-glow at all because Mm -hmm. it was cloudy and low clouds and so we couldn't see any light on the horizon and we couldn't see any light being hit from the angle of the sun. So we just had this Thin gap on the horizon that we yeah. can see, which we knew if the sun gets through there, it's gonna be amazing.
1: Yeah, we were hoping, right? Crossing our you fingers of, at that this little tiny skinny gap that we can barely see, if the sun can just come through there. Yeah, and and slowly did move, and actually the line was kind of short, and then as the clouds moved, it kind of stretched that line out from from north to south. So you can imagine, like a, a fat line being brushed, and then like slowly a getting more to clear.
0: A point, and then it gets wider at the end. Like kind of right to left, kind of like a like wider. a like
1: stretching a rectangle out, kind of yeah. like the window became a little bit wider. So we're just like, okay, this is promising, right? Because it's moving in the right direction. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was um, it was definitely felt like it was touch and go to if was something was going to happen or not for sure. I mean, it was. Yeah.
0: Put yeah. in perspective, we had just had our first ever workshop, though weekend before and the weekend before we were in moab so this is three straight weeks of being out Very Mm -hmm. little sleep. We're exhausted, but we're, you know, excited to be out there. And then we're seeing that the clouds were blocking our sunrise. And we're thinking, oh, is this going to work? Where's the sun going to be in that gap? And we had a chance to pull out our phones and teach some photo pills, showing the AR. And you were out there and showing them, okay, right here, in this day, at this hour, the sun is right here. And as we move up, because you know how the sun's going to go in the east and angle across, it doesn't go straight up, it Mm -hmm. goes angular. And it has that ecliptic. And on that ecliptic, it was going right into the path of the opening.
1: Yeah, and it was going right past this mountain rise that was happening like there's a mesa way out there. It's pretty tall. Mm-hmm. And the sun, and actual sunrise is being blocked by that. But then just five minutes later, not even five minutes later, the sun moves, and then that's where it peaks right past that like ridge. And it was just, it just worked out perfectly. And that
0: was the challenge too, is we knew if we stood where we're at, we can parallax that ridge into the path of the sunrise. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make sure we weren't going too far north on the rim. It's this inspiration point is at this rim. I can't remember the name of that trail, but it's this... I think it's Rim Trail. Actually, I just think it's called mm. Rim Trail where you can hike and r- run up and down it and go all the way around yeah, for a couple yeah. miles. And it's really fantastic and easy to hike and walk. It's, uh, it's, if you want to see Bryce Canyon, experience that. Like go park in Sunset and then go over the Inspiration Point and make that one and a half mile hike mm. from one parking lot to the next and drive yourself back to your car because it's a really, really beautiful walk in the morning, mostly level, little bit of incline, a little bit of down, yeah. but mostly level. And you see everything in Bryce Canyon. It's yeah, that's awesome. It's
1: just so cool. I mean, it's kind of, in a lot of ways, the lazy way of doing photography because we literally parked and <laughs> walked like a block, if even that. Yeah, right? And then set up our cameras. But that being <laughs> said, there's a reason the parking lot is there because it really is like an amazing spot. And you would never know that if you, unless you were there and you visited before, you'd never know that it was just that
0: easy to get to. Oh, right. I mean, you look in the map and you see all these different points. And Inspiration Point's a great one to start at. Sunset Point is a is the spot to go down in. Mm-hmm. And Inspiration Point is a great sunrise. Yeah, we love oh, yeah. it there. And um, as we're going around in that spot, we're trying not to go too far north on the Rim Trail so that we can't get we don't get that rock formation out in the distance blocking our sunrise. We want to make sure that it's just kind of off to the left of it, and yeah. we get all the light possible because it's the early lights hitting all those rocks. You were already talking about it. Yeah, freaking sun glow on the rocks yeah it's amazing
1: you, you just can't I even mean, even the pictures don't do it justice you just can't imagine unless you're actually there witnessing it it's just and it's incredible it yeah. really isn't in, just incredible
0: the the light as it's coming in the air as it's starting to come out of the full darkness to astro to civil to nautical or nautical then to civil twilight you start to see the terrain around you before the sun's rising and you're picking out the white parts of the rock, and mm-hmm. then the orange, and then you're seeing the orange and the red rock, and wow, all of that looks great. And then the sun hits it, and, and it, it looks gets its amazing own
1: glow. It <laughs> yeah. literally becomes a light source. I mean, it's just, and to, to to be able to take a bracketed shot and get the highlights in the clouds, and then the sun glow on the rocks yeah. is just phenomenal. And you just. I mean, unless you majorly mess up your composition, you just can't go
0: wrong, really. You really can't. And the biggest challenge of composition there is that for the most part, it's tough to get a nice foreground subject. True. At least at inspiration point, because yeah. you have the trail below you that is this wide opening bowl. And it's hard to take a cliff edge that just comes to a point and ends. And it's make one it of those grand foreground. vista.
1: Yeah. It's one of those kind of grand vista type of yeah. images. But your foreground does become these amazing pinnacles, right? These rock pinnacles that are at the bottom third of your image. And those are receiving that sunlight and glowing. And all the white becomes orange, mm-hmm. bright. And then the orange rock becomes even brighter. And it's just its just amazing.
0: Now, I can't remember exactly where you had your horizon line because that's a big choice right here. Because mm-hmm. you're shooting Bryce Canyon, that's this huge valley underneath you of rocks and formation, and you can take up two-thirds of your image with that. And that's oh, what yeah. I typically do is two-thirds yeah. of my image is that, and then I leave one-third for the sky off of the top of the horizon. But then if the clouds go crazy, I, I don't want to miss them. Mm-hmm. And, and so that decision, okay, do I go half and half? Do I, I mean, half and half is just too plain. It mm-hmm. needs to be like one-third Bryce, two-thirds sky, or do a portrait orientation and try right. and get a lot more when I get, it, like, you know, three-fifths, what did you end up doing?
1: So I ended up finding um, an outcropping of rocks that kind of made an interesting U-shape. And so I actually got that as my foreground. So I actually had some of that lip I was mentioning earlier that came up before the drop and actually had that in my foreground. And that was all white rock too. So when the sun actually rose, all of that in the front and that bowl would would light up with that sun glow. And so that's what I was talking about. Like the, the glow was just so intense and especially in that white rock that I was kind of focusing on. So I had that on my lower third, my mid third was Bryce Canyon and all the red and orange rock down in there. And then my upper third was like the, the,
0: the clouds, receiving the sunlight as well. And when we have low clouds like that, you get afraid that if you just cut too many of those clouds out, you're losing your chance on an amazing mirrored image. It's like a puddle is Bryce Canyon reflecting the color of the sky, but it's not a puddle reflecting the sky. It's actually a whole different set of rock formations that are glowing as much as the clouds are glowing with the sunrise.
1: Yeah. It was just, it's so crazy. I I would say if you're going to go there, um, Spend probably two or three different mornings there. Yeah. You know, after, to really get absolutely. what you want to, the first morning to, you know, even before the morning, if you can, scout it out the day before, before sunrise. If Even if it's sun setting and you get there kind of late, mm. scout out the terrain, find a good place. Use your pills app. Find out exactly where the sun's going to be rising that next morning. Uh, set up your shot accordingly. If that first morning is a fail, then you've got two more mornings to go there. Because literally you can spend a week or more at Bryce Cannon by itself.
0: Oh, easy. Easy. And if you go and apply the Elia Locardi method, I'm going to call it, we Mm -hmm. keep mentioning it between ourselves. We call it the Elia Locardi method of going to location and being there for six, seven days and learning what the light does on those rocks. You find your great composition and now you're waiting for the light and the conditions to be perfect. And yeah. if you go too quickly, you miss those perfect conditions and you might not even get lucky in seven days. It Maybe. just might not work.
1: Or you might nail it the first day and then you're good for doing something else the next day.
0: Yeah. And that's an awesome thing that I'm hoping next year we can take advantage of. As we're doing yeah. Milky, Way, uh, Milky Way workshops, our Milky Way time is going to be taken for m- most months. Yeah, We're going to be in workshops and teaching others how to do it. That's going to open us up to other weeks where we want to take a photography adventure of our own and go and just see some landscape photography and not do any milky photography because we're going to have a moon in our way. And so we're going to have a chance to do more landscape photography next year. And I can see us picking a spot saying, okay, we're here for five days. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's find it, find our composition and let's make it happen.
1: Yeah. And it could be a lot of fun doing that. So
0: with the sunrise, is there anything that particularly didn't go very well for you that didn't work out?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I wish I had more time. I f- I felt like my more
0: time. How many times have we said that? Yeah, I mean, I just felt like my podcast. comp was
1: rushed. Like I I picked that composition based on um, a not being crowded, you know, too close to the group and yeah, and, not and crowding up on them. them. Yeah. and then and B just not having, um like enough time with with enough light to see what I was shooting before the sun rose. And so I kind of feel like I settled a little bit. But at the same time, um, I was fairly happy in general with the setting, but I just felt like it could have been, um, better composed or maybe even a better spot. Yeah. Maybe with the tree, you know, there's some really cool gnarly dead trees. Um, but they're not on the edge though. They're really further back and, um, whether or not you can get both of those, you know, as debatable, mm-hmm. um, without having like a crane or something, you know, <laughs> something to right. really boost mm. your, uh, your level cool. up. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. For me, when I was yeah. out there, I was faced with that same situation of not being pleased with my foreground. I recommended that spot, that ridge, because we all could stand by it. We all get mm-hmm. pretty much the mm-hmm. same composition, and it would be something easy for a group to have a good shot there. Yeah. But when I'm thinking about portfolio shot, I was trying to get something out of my foreground when it was that U shape, and that U shape. Now, not just the rock U shape that you had in there for foreground, like mm-hmm. right up front. The entire forward yeah. to mid ground is this bowl as yeah. the cliff is, you know, it's not a drop off sheer cliff. It's more of an angular slide down. And so that angular slide down kind of really, really steep stadium seating, picture that, like mm-hmm. death stadium seating. That kind of slide down is happening on both sides of your frame. And so as your camera's set at like a 15 millimeter, like I was doing, you're picking up all of that. But then there's just not one point that you're focused on. There's not one subject that you're telling the story of this area plus the beautiful scenery. And so I was dreaming and wishing that I could go out to one of those points where you get the terrain that comes out to you and goes higher and make that be sort of my middle third but right or left third at the bottom be a foreground element that then, instead of just framing the entire shot with the rock in front of me, I wanted it to be something that breaks the plane a little bit and comes Mm -hmm, out, has an mm -hmm. interesting feature, and then you see an accent to the rest of Bryce Canyon, but that would be a challenge to try and make sure it's not covering what's interesting to Bryce. It still features Bryce, and then having enough room for the sky, and so I I really want to get some sort of plant life on the edge, interesting rocks that are on the very, very edge yeah. or a shape that kind of points out and creates an interesting organic interesting shape not too squared not too rectangular but just kind of a little outcropping of rock that goes over that bowl shaped edge and then I have that to focus on plus what's happening around yeah plus yeah. the sunrise and that'd be really fun to find and that's what I'm going to do next time for the next sunrise I'm out at Bryce Canyon
1: yeah yeah and I might have gotten that to some extent but I don't think quite what you're mentioning so I'll have to I'll show those pictures on the show notes so you guys can see those. Oh, awesome. And uh, maybe even put the time ups together for an animation. And, Sweet. Because uh, most of that's done, I think. So, yeah, it won't be hard to finish that off. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast. We'll come back after this and talk about Breakfast at the Galaxy and how we we did something different <laughs> this time that we've never done on a photo adventure. And it was really nice that we did. Yeah. So much more comfortable. Mm-hmm every Monday from th- at 3 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. I'm doing a live webinar for an hour where we talk about Milky Way photography. Right now is a chance for us to get ready for the next season of Milky Way photography, and I love talking about it. And we went over light pollution and how to work around or with. You can go on YouTube and watch that again. The replay is available already for you to watch. But I am next Monday at 3 o'clock. I'm going live again, and we're going to talk about noise and images. I'm going to show you how you don't have to worry about noise in your Milky Way photography i'm going to show you images of mine that i think are awesome and think other people agree that looks cool and then show you how there's actual noise in this image and that's okay Mm -hmm. you go beyond this stage and you become a stacker and port panorama you can fix that noise but if you don't it's like single images and want to keep it simple for those of us that are just getting going that's the way to do it and noise is all right i'm going to show you those examples and talk a lot about noise cool welcome back to the photog adventures podcast now we're talking about the morning after the sunrise in bryce canyon and oh boy, Brennan and I did not sleep the night before, so we were exhausted no. and hungry. Mm. And in Bryce Canyon, unless you eat right there at the Bryce one City? Bryce, Bryce Canyon Bryce City? Lodge? What is that place? I don't remember. We never eat there. So yeah. unless you eat there, where can you eat? And we recommend the Galaxy Diner. Which is like packed every time I go it's there. It's always packed.
1: <laughs> but there's a reason for that. It's a pretty good
0: place. Drive outside of Bryce, go towards Panguitch, but instead of turning right at Panguitch, you go left at that T crossing. Hatch. Is it in Hatch?
1: Is that where it is? Hatch. Yes. Yes. It's out in Hatch. It's the only place in Hatch, I think. <laughs>
0: it really, <laughs> you can get it really breakfast. is. breakfast, yeah. And so the Galaxy Diner there is fantastic. It's good. It's a simple breakfast. It's not, you know, the toast isn't made to be gluten-free and the toast is not amazing. It's just good bread that you'd have at home and really well-made food and so we went out there again for our second time. Loved it. This is turning into an advertisement for Galaxy Diner now but we just wanted to tell the story that there's a great place to eat and while we were there we are looking around us and we see the vacancy sign on the building behind us go from no vacancy to vacancy.
1: Right, across the street, right Mm -hmm. at the hotel. Yeah. And we weren't sure what we should do, but we really wanted to sleep. <laughs>
0: yeah. We didn't have anything else until later that night. We're meeting up with the Pocatello photo club again for dinner and then sunset mm-hmm. and some astro. And so we were, we were going to do Milky Way photography that night, but we figured maybe do star trails or something. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And so we were planning on meeting up with them and we were going to go for dinner. So we had hours till then and we were exhausted.
1: Yeah. So what we did is we finished up our breakfast and we walked across the street. And we talked to the lady there and said, okay, this is going to sound weird, <laughs> but it's two dudes coming in and we want to just, you know, have a room for the, for the afternoon. <laughs> How does that sound? And you need a few <laughs> hours in a hotel room.
0: That sounds like a teenager <laughs> who wants to get a love hotel. And it's not, it's not at all what we're looking for. <laughs> she's
1: just like, huh? And we're like, yeah, well, we're photographers. We've been up all night. We really just want to sleep. <laughs> and so she's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So what was cool is she said, well, you probably don't want to stay here, but I have a Airbnb that I have down the street and we said, okay, yeah, that totally could work. Fine. And, uh, she said, it's a small house,
0: like three beds in that place and a couch. And like, yeah. there's all kinds of arrangements. So, and since we told her that we'd be out by three cause we got to get somewhere anyway, yeah. that she could still rent it out for that night and right. have someone check in at four o'clock. We'd be long gone.
1: So she gave us a sweet deal for it. And, mm-hmm. um, I think she charged us like $40 an hour. It's great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> $40 an hour. It was like 40 bucks. for the whole I think it's like 40 thing. bucks for the whole thing.
0: So we got a quick, awesome air-conditioned place, or in this, in this case, heated, huh?
1: It was... Um, no. No, I think we did air-condition it, even though it was... warmer
0: warm. in September, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was still on the warm side. The sun was out all day. There was like almost mm. no clouds. So yeah, we just cranked the air-conditioner on and slept for like four solid hours. Like we actually had a four-hour solid so sleep.
0: nice. And a shower.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's oh, true. We got So good.
0: <laughs> so we normally get stuck just with, what do we do now? I mean, what are we going to do until now Oh tonight? my gosh.
1: Normally we're driving around for hours looking for some place, any place that has shade yeah. because it's just too hot and they just can never find a place that has <laughs> shade.
0: We keep hoping there'll be a movie theater somewhere. We can go to a movie and just fall asleep in it and just have a nice comfortable place out of the heat to just kick back and that doesn't relax. exist
1: either. No. Yeah, you know, it's just we've had really bad luck with that. And even if we brought our own tent and stuff, it'd still be so blazing it's hot. So it's hot. just cuz we keep going out in the deserts, so that's the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you got to find trees. If you see the Bryce video that we did, um it shows my brother and Brendan just like map searching, map searching where are trees? Oh, Somewhere with shade. And they were just people's main private properties that had trees with shade. Yeah, we weren't gonna pull up there and sit in their yard. Yeah,
1: (laughs) pulled up in their driveway next to their tree.
0: So that wasn't gonna work. And so, so I mean,
1: thank goodness for things like Airbnb because now we can actually contact someone saying, "Hey, we just need it for a few hours." They're willing to give us a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, This lady's always always got that property, so we're always gonna keep that in mind now. Yeah, and um, so it's really cool to be able to make those connections and and have you. You know utilities like Airbnb at
0: our at our disposal is really cool. Been loving it, and then we actually had the wrong time. We yes. were supposed to be available at four thirty for dinner, but we thought it was five thirty. So, so we were we, getting ready to leave by four or yeah, something like Yeah, we were like that. a good hour late, at least an hour late. We had no clue. Sorry guys, we showed up at the dinner and people were only four or five there. We're like, oh okay, we're and early. Like, no. We thought we were early or something. (laughs) They had finished like a half an hour before us and they tried their best to wait for us. And And they actually
1: like put their half the food away and stuff. We're just like, oh my gosh.
0: And so I was feeling so bad. I wanted to show them that I appreciated the food. I really appreciated the setup. And so they're like, here, there's leftover burgers. You want one or two? And I'm like, I'll take two. Let's do it. And then I get my buns ready and go over to the burgers and they're gigantic. Yes. They're so big. I had no idea I was going to get like a half a pound of meat per Burger. Idaho Burger, man. It's so I, big. I've already committed to two. I put <laughs> condiments on the other one, minus the ketchup, and I had put it on that bun. And I was like, oh, crap. I'm not going to eat this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, what did you do?
0: Uh, I asked if they had a Ziploc bag, and I put it in my pocket, and they started calling me Burger Boy. Because <laughs> they look I like love my meat and- saving your tater tots for later. <laughs> Or there's a burger tot instead. I'm, I'm the chubby photog adventure. and so when Brendan's okay, nearby, we're like, no, he, he doesn't need to eat as much. And then they see me like, well, oh, he's probably starving right now. And so here I am like, I'll need two burgers, please. And they give me the second burger. And I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna put it in my pocket for later. And so I felt like <laughs> such a fatso, and I, I just I wasn't even possibly gonna eat it because the first one was so filling. They gave us chips. They gave us these potato sa- uh, potato salads. Oh yeah. Pasta- they- salads they're awesome oh, it, lit it us was up. such an awesome spread of food that we ate in private because we came so late and so people started like Mm -hmm. coming in and just to try and make it feel more festive they sat down with us while we were eating Mm -hmm. and that's when buck dutton i got a chance to hang out with him and hear his awesome story of everest and going out there yeah that guy's awesome buck and annie they are great thanks so much for driving us around and they're adventurers yeah we've got some invitations from them to go up to idaho and hang out with them and we can't wait no cannot wait to get up there he's like i got two can and i get, got some snowmobiles we can take it up through Pe- yellowstone you guys want to do yeah, that and our like, eyes uh, are getting
1: big and sweaty going yes please <laughs> yes. yes
0: yes please <laughs> I'll eat this burger right now if you tell me that this is a guarantee. So (laughs) he's teasing me. He's the one who made up the nickname Burger Boy, too. And he's the one that had the crazy, like, I'm a part of Sons of Anarchy skull mask in the morning. And he's just the the best guy. And so Larry Peterson, we finally got a chance to meet him at dinner. And we felt so bad that we ditched him for the whole event. Uh, We were we big timed them. We're like, oh, we're not gonna come to your dinner. I felt like such jerks.
1: No, what it was that we were literally exhausted and we just didn't even compute that it was the hour that we had just said it was an hour earlier than what we thought and yeah. we just couldn't I think the sleep deprivation is real, guys. You it's know, real. like it is real. <laughs> you will literally forget things like no nobody's business if you don't have enough sleep. Wow. Which is half my problem, really. I that's my life. At this point, is completely sleep deprived.
0: Milky Way photography is not helping that.
1: No, no. There's definitely is a sacrifice for the beauty of the images. I mean, it's there's a reason why everybody just doesn't have an awesome Milky Way shot. Is because a lot of people literally are not willing to go through (laughs) sleep deprivation because some people know the struggle is real. (laughs) The
0: struggle is real. They do
1: not want to lose their sleep.
0: So Burger Boy and Brendan left, and we went with Buck Dutton and Annie out in their vehicle to go to a low sea hike. Mm-hmm. They wanted to go on a hike, but a simpler hike. And I was thinking,
1: you know what? And everybody joined us for that, right? There wasn't anybody oh, yeah. that didn't. Join everyone us, right? came. Yeah,
0: and they wanted to make sure it was available for everyone. It'd be an easy going hike. And so from
1: what we can remember we thought yeah Canyon yeah, Canyon's Lose good. it's
0: easy. Especially compared to going down Sunset Trail oh and going God. through what do they call that Indian again? Indian
1: Trail switchbacks Navajo Loop
0: Trail yeah. and the Grand Wall Street? Wall Street, I think. Yeah, think it was it Wall Street, yeah. Like when you go down into Bryce Canyon, your life. you're dropping, what, 700, 800, maybe 1,000 feet? Gosh, I don't even know. And it's so the hike murder. is brutal. And it's easy going down. Very.
1: Coming back up, yeah,
0: prepared to give your life for that trail. And it's even not even that hard, but you're just constantly going up. The switchbacks are right back and forth because it's just straight up. And so, yeah. oh, burns. And we thought, no, there's no way we're taking this group down in too. No. It'd be great if we could take him down to peekaboo trail and go yeah, over to where we were cool for place. Perseids. Yeah, yeah. That's an awesome spot. And you're right down in Bryce Canyon mm-hmm. and it feels cool, but man, no, uh, we weren't going to do that. So low C trail, if you guys remember our video, uh, Brendan has an Instagram picture of this. I can put that in the show notes that you guys will see when you're you your listening yeah, to this. Yeah. There's this interesting tree on this cliff edge and it's, it was just something he thought was okay. And I saw him like, Whoa, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and I just, when I first took it, I thought, well, oh, this is kind of cool. So I processed it and thought this would be fun to put on Instagram, and apparently I'm people liked it, it a lot. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I actually, after processing it, I liked it a lot more. When I first saw the raw, I was just like, hmm. But then I worked on it a little bit, and I'm like, it's actually pretty cool. So, yeah.
0: yeah. And this little trail is probably an entire mile, the whole oh, yeah. thing looped. Yeah. And so when you go up to the highest point, you haven't even hiked a full mile. But we just, Brendan and I, we don't appreciate our health. Well, sometimes you forget
1: a lot of things within a year, too. That, too. (laughs) We forgot that the level of difficulty was higher than we remembered.
0: Yeah, the trail is entirely clear where you're going, for the most part. Mm -hmm. But it's almost straight up. In there is some really places. yeah, and
1: there's some really steep rocks you gotta climb on and
0: slippery. They did rocks. build some
1: staircases in some places, but it seemed like it could have used a lot more of those.
0: Mm. People were going up with us, thinking, "I'm not looking forward to going down. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna break an ankle." We're like, "Yeah, this is a lot harder than we thought." Yeah. You just, you don't appreciate how when you walked up, we did this with a trestle in our workshop. We didn't realize how easy it was to go down for us. And we don't think about how not everyone wants to go down a hill that you're forced to run a little bit to keep yourself from spraining your ankle. Yeah. Not everyone wants to do that. And uh, it's just past a certain knee strength and, capacity, you just don't do those things anymore. And yeah. I completely biffed that, saying low sea hike would be easy. And so we had people out there who were like, oh, dude, we've got to get out of here before it gets dark. I'm going to break my leg. I'm going to break my ankle. And we felt bad for that.
1: Yeah, and, and it was a great place. I mean, once we were at the top, everybody was
0: very happy. And everyone made to the top. I was so excited. They all made it right up to that cliff. Oh, yeah, and there's plenty
1: tree. of place to explore still the top. You know, it's not like the widest place, but... There's some trails that go off in a couple different directions. It's wide enough and big enough for everybody to wander a little bit and get some really cool, you know, um, pictures of cool, gnarly trees, pictures of roots, pictures of small plants that are desert, like pictures of rocks and the cliff and all kinds of cool areas to photograph. And so everybody had a blast when they're up there, mm-hmm. but everybody, but then we started getting worried when the sun was going down <laughs> and we're just like, okay, well
0: hopefully everybody has lights. Luckily, there was enough lights. And I had two headlamps with me, just in case. Yeah. Knowing that it could be the situation.
1: But when the sun went down, it was a struggle, definitely a struggle getting back down.
0: So it was a lot harder of a hike than we expected. But up there, if you guys aren't picturing where Losi is, imagine the drive from Bryce out towards Panguitch. And on the way there, you're going through Red Canyon. Mm -hmm. Um, This area has a lot of rocks. You know those two tunnels that you drive through? short little arches that you drive through yep. on the road. After the second one and the pathway, just before you leave the rocks and it's flat again and it's just sagebrush, right there, you just turn off to the right and it goes up to Low Sea Canyon. And Low Sea Canyon It's has
1: basically this. the very west end of Red Canyon.
0: Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. And so before you leave all that, you'll see it on the right and you can pull out there. And just the very, I think the very first obvious turnoff that's not... Uh, and it's you, not really marked very well It's not very marked It's not marked at all the first turn off is kind of a, a, a mountain, mountain road, but the next turn off you can see a pathway and a place to park and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you see the place to park and a little bathroom, you know you're in the right spot, and there's that one-mile hike, and there's like 13 little arches. We're talking like one-foot-tall arches, six-foot-tall arches, nothing huge, mm-hmm. but just there's 13 of them. They say there's like 15, 13 or so along the trail, and so it's a really neat red rock area for a very not easy hike a very short hike that once you get uphill up to up to the very top of those ladders where the part where the steps are Mm -hmm. once you get past the steps you've done the worst of it true it's not bad at all it's a little bit of a of an incline walking up of a slope to get to the part where the cliff is but that's not the actual trail that's extra that we walk to Mm -hmm. that shows takes you to that cliff face that has the tree so it's a really beautiful spot and up there Here's the challenges that I had in photography of that spot. I really wanted to get light on the inside of the rocks. It's this oh, little U-shape yeah. opening. Yeah. The Imagine your fingers out and your last two fingers of your hand, your pinky and your ring finger, The ring finger cliff face is where you have the tree overlapping and it comes back into the pinky Mm -hmm. and on that pinky is a wall that you can get in your frame. And the wall that's getting in my frame is hitting, there's a direct light hitting it. Right. right. And that direct light is reflecting light back at the tree and back at the cliff face where the tree is. Right, right. And so you really can't do it too late in the sunset to get light on the tree and have some direct light on the rock face right there. You know, some nice light light on the rock face you do still get sunlight hitting the tree from one side to make Mm -hmm. that side golden and then you got this really red rock cliff face that looks awesome if you can get the light bouncing off
1: right and so it's a challenge for sure it is
0: you you've almost got to take your shot long before the sunset and then wait for your sky to blow up and then capture the sky Mm. i i don't know if there's a sunset time that is going to have everything all in one shot
1: yeah, I don't know. Um, that's that's one of those places that we got. We've only been to twice, twice now. Yeah, and so that's definitely a place I want to explore more, and um, even more options maybe in that canyon because there's even a canyon that goes further oh, of out. Of course, there should we can, be. We I mean, really we need to go back and spend it, probably a good solid two days in just that area. I'm in two sunsets and really see if we can make that
0: see what the sunrise does out
1: there. Right. See so if we can make that area really sing because I know there's some really good compositions that could be really good. Um, And really original, you know, because I haven't seen too many pictures in that place. Yeah. It's almost like it's forgotten, really. And
0: it's beautiful.
1: It really is.
0: I mean, if you're going to go to Bryce Canyon and you have two days, stay in Bryce Canyon. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. (laughs) But if you have an extra day and you feel like you've seen it all, go out to Low Sea Canyon for at least a midday hike. Yeah. Brendan's image that's beautiful is a midday beautiful image. It's a midday image. It's got blue skies, some white clouds, and it looks great. It doesn't need to be a sunset or sunrise golden hour time. Right. Yeah. And so this this is another dangerous cliff face that I've taken all these people to. <laughs> and there's a few of us daring enough to sit on our butts and then kind of scoot close to the edge so that you can really get a foreground object right in front of you, right in front of the camera, mm-hmm. and then have the mid-ground object subject be everything's leading towards. Because what I had was this awesome bush and then a curve of the wall kind of leading your eyes up mm-hmm. to the tree. Mm-hmm. And... Once again, I don't have an image processed because I've just been so busy, and so it's almost shameful. Uh, 2018 goals. Let's just say right now, Aaron King is processing an image once a week. Sounds and good. With that, 52 images being processed, <laughs> I'm going to cover all the good images. I yeah, hope. you should. Yeah, you should have something to <laughs> pick from. So, 2018, Aaron King heard it right here. I'm going to process an image a week. Sounds good. All right. I don't. Even, I don't even think I'm witnesses doing that. You either. should.
1: I think I'm close to that, but I don't think I'm quite there.
0: (laughs) And so I don't have that image processed yet, so I don't even know how perfect it turned out. But Mm. I know that I was loving it in the moment, and I was loving it on location. And it was just, I slip a little bit, and I slide the rest of the way off that cliff. We're talking more of like a 20-meter high drop. That's still still breaking both legs and possibly dying.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe.
0: Breaking a hip, two legs, and a back? Yeah, probably. Mm. So I wouldn't have enjoyed falling off of that. No. And, oh, it made me nervous every time I did anything. So we all kind of got to our safest comfort zones of capturing Mm -hmm. this branch. And then the sunset happened. We had a few wispy clouds. And this is the thing that really taught me Afterglow. And I get it. I should have known about Afterglow. I've watched sunsets. But this is the thing that I never expected. Because I would wait when the sun hits that edge and then it goes all the way underneath the horizon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm looking at the colors right then. And they're magnificent and I love it. That's kind of my mind afterglow, yeah. at least before now.
1: Yeah. 25 minutes later. As we were halfway down, hiking down.
0: Like Brandon was saying, we're worried that people were going to have a hard time getting out the whole trail without mm-hmm. lights. And so we wanted to do it all in some after sunset light. And so we were already walking. And 25 minutes later, boom, I mean, I got to paint the picture more clearly. There's a couple clouds on the horizon, blue skies everywhere else. Blue, blue skies. I'm thinking there's no clouds up there. There's no clouds anywhere but there. So all the clouds that could receive light can get painted by the sunset have been painted.
1: And yet, all of a sudden, as we were halfway down, I'm looking through the holes in these little mini arches, and all I of a sudden, this tomato red, I'm talking oh, red, amazing. red in the sky shining right at us. And it was so bright in, that everybody was just like, oh my gosh, uh, we need to stop. I need to get my camera out because lights I don't want to miss back this. On
0: around us. It was like, what's going on? All these lights are back.
1: And the glow from the rock receiving that red, bright red light was even more magnificent that yeah. everybody that didn't get their camera out felt like
0: ashamed. <laughs> yeah. And it, Brendan said it earlier, when the light is being received by these rocks, they become their own light sources. It and was insane. The sky above us had enough cloudy something in the air that was receiving all the color and reflecting light down to us. The lights hit the red rock and then glowed from all the red rock around us. Like, all of our faces were salmon pink. Right. Everything was glowing this color. And so people were getting an awesome shot. Now, this is a shot that I'm probably going to go back and get myself. Because Larry got a really good shot of this trail that we had just hiked down that kind of S-curves over to those arching rocks and then the sky glowing the way it was. Oh,
1: he got it all while the sky was doing that. Oh
0: yeah, it was a great balance. Oh, I'm really just jealous of that shot now. Right too. side of the trail, right side of the frame, the trail comes in and then goes to those rocks and like leads oh. your eyes to those rocks. And then those rocks take up a nice good weight of the positive space that you could have. Uh-huh. The sky is the negative space with the red. It, it was fantastic. I, I, I'm going to do that too. Did you share
1: that image anywhere did he post, post no i haven't went anything?
0: and looked for it i wonder if i could find it did he just show you in the back of his camera yeah i was just with him when he took the shot oh my gosh and, and then i'm like then that's you're brilliant just like, right there i'm like if you go and move that a little bit more get more of his trail it's gonna be this and he's like yeah, yeah like we were all larry brilliant job mm, man brilliant okay. shot so larry
1: if you hear this post it on the facebook group we want to see that oh
0: yeah let's see how it turned out He's gonna be like, I'm afraid now because they really sound amazing (laughs) and it only turned out okay. (laughs) Process it and post it. My memory of it is that it's a brilliant shot but it Mm. might have plenty of flaws in there and stuff. So don't worry, Larry, he put it in, bring the flaws with it. So no worries, don't be afraid of that. So we were hiking away and the actual happened, I'm thinking 30 minutes after sunset.
1: It could have easily been, yeah. And
0: here's the deal, guys, and this is what I'm learning and understanding, and you know, any of you scientists out there want to correct me if I'm wrong. But the way I'm picturing it is this as the earth as the earth is rotating away from the sun, you're getting this oblique angle of sunlight. And depending on where your local area's clouds are, mm-hmm. if you have clouds really high elevation, you have a really late afterglow because right the angle of light still going up there. It's just so high above us you know tens of thousands of feet above us mm-hmm. or a thousand feet or ten thousand feet above us so it can still see the light beyond the curve that i'm not seeing here on the earth you know on the surface yeah. of the earth and so when you've got really really low clouds you don't get that afterglow really late you get it in right at the sunset right. which is why sometimes the sunset with the sun in frame is blowing up because the clouds mm. are just at the right height to include all that color happening all at the same time
1: and sometimes it's not right so i kind of imagine what you're saying that too is that imagine the, that red um so so way off to the west when the sun is setting you have those those clouds high clouds that we can't see on the horizon receiving that red light and then imagine stacking that up too and amplifying that light mm. so by the time it comes our direction it's even brighter it's and kind of color
0: and filtered <clears throat> with yeah. other colors
1: yeah so that so if so if mm-hmm. it's pink clouds imagine stacking those pink clouds and you get that more red and maybe that's what's shining still over of an up and over us is that red light coming because of that stacking effect.
0: That's interesting. That's kind of what I pictured as well when you were explaining that. I really want to learn the science of it, but I'm uh, I'm curious about it. It, It's the afterglow happens so late. And I just never, I mean, Brandon and I never realized that when something is so obviously done in front of you, that 30 minutes from now, you could have invisible clouds be painted and Mm -hmm. blow up like that and the entire sky can uniformly go pink and so that was the big awakening it happened again for us in fall colors Mm -hmm. it happened again for us and so we wanted to bring that up not that we never realized that at the sunset an afterglow could happen it was just the timing of it and being aware and not buying into the well it's over let's leave
1: yeah and it really was um one of those things where, like you know if you've got a good light source, wait a good 20, 30 minutes because you never know because it doesn't happen every time, but no. it's happened enough times this last summer that we're like, wow, okay, we, this is two definite times that it's happened that we need to, just stick around now. Especially for and a wait. couple
0: of guys that typically are just setting up camp, traveling, eating dinner during this time. I mean, we, we don't try to, but we often end up are on the road trying to get to our location for the Milky Way in right. time. And so we just aren't doing sunset photography all that much. And for the few times that we really dedicated to it and for us to have noticed it, it happens a lot. It's yeah. got to have happened a lot. Yeah. So it's awesome. And so amazing situation of this afterglow being so late. And just, we just felt so bad that we left. You have that tendency to get going, especially if you have people who need to get down before it gets dark, or especially if you're thinking, I'm hungry, I just want to go. You have a tendency Mm -hmm. of thinking, well, it's over now and go, which is why last podcast we mentioned, go until blue hour, get the blue hour lights to turn on. If you're in a location that has some population, because Mm -hmm. it'll be worth it. Because once you get the blue hour, you know that it's come and gone if it's happened at all. Yeah. Yeah, let's have our last break of the podcast and then we'll come back and do segment three
1: heads up There's not much I can talk about gear time No gear this time yep. this
0: episode, but there will be a tip of the week yeah. and a listener photo adventure.
1: Okay, cool Hey guys, it's Brennan and I just want to talk to you guys about um, Processing video that I'm putting together. I'm gonna to do one on the Kolob Canyon morning Um, the morning glow just let you guys know that these these videos are going to include the raw images for the patrons only. for the patrons only yeah and so if you sign up with patreon.com slash photog adventures you can sign up for five dollars or more among and that will give you access to these videos those images will allow you to follow along with me step by step and as you work through you'll see exactly what I did to process these images and if you like what you see then um, hopefully I'll put some more together for you for
0: next year. So we'll, we'll keep... keep doing that with more videos going forward. Yeah. And if you guys want to buy them individually, go to com forward slash store, and you can buy them there for eight They'll be available in January. And otherwise, patrons will have access to all of them. Okay. Thanks, guys welcome back to the photog adventures podcast everybody it is now the last segment and we're finishing out with a few more stories and then we'll do a listener photog adventure skipping gear time tonight and doing tip of the week and brendan joins us not from studio anymore hey brendan you're over at home now i'm at studio home yeah (laughs) at the home studio home studio i hope the audio isn't any different it probably feels pretty good
1: yeah, it's um, it's gonna be similar quality, but it will have a probably different feel to it.
0: Mm, I can't wait until we can upgrade your mic here in studio. I love my mic, and I can't wait to get one for Brendan and bring out some of his rich baritone. You have oh, rich yes. baritone voice, right?
1: Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just teasing, because rich baritone sounds like Luciano Pavarotti, and, and he is. Uh, neither of us are Luciano Pavarotti. Pavarotti, Pavarotti. Pavarotti. So. Back to the podcast. We're talking about the Focatello Photo Club, and we're still out there for one event. After that amazing afterglow, people were ready to do some star trails. They think, okay, let's go back, get everyone um, back to the camp, get our stuff, and get warmer clothes so that we can go out and do star trails. Where did we do them? What was that place?
1: you had mentioned um, those two um, arches you drive through when you're heading out of Bryce Canyon.
0: Oh, right, yeah. And that's
1: actually part of Red Canyon.
0: So that's technically and, Red Canyon, that area. Yes, I, I believe it is, yeah.
1: And so we actually went to the first arch, is that right? I think it was the first arch. We stopped there. There was plenty of room yeah. on the left side to pull over. And so we did that. And but that not everybody was, was interested in coming.
0: Not everyone was, no. They were,
1: liked the idea. And then when night actually came, half of them packed it in. It was like, nah, <laughs> it's actually dark and I'm tired Let's Let's not do that.
0: Hiking down from Losi Trail, they were all excited. And then it turned into, well, three of them are coming. And Larry's wife came with them and Buck's wife came. And he was in the vehicle. Uh, Becky, that's the name of Larry's wife, right? Yeah, Becky. Becky was out there with us and she was just hanging out, enjoying and sharing that Mm -hmm. awesome Costco. Was it Pork? Jerky, it was oh, it really, was really delicious. good. Yeah, I forgot about that. It was so good. <laughs> I told him that I was going to go and buy it. It was like Korean pork jerky, and I was going to was... go buy some, but I haven't since.
1: Yeah, we really need to. Um, mm. Maybe next time.
0: Next time, next tug adventure, stop by Costco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be such a bad thing if we do that. We're going to come out of there with like $30 worth of giant jerky, giant chocolate, and giant whatever else. And we <sighs> shall be happy And there shall be much rejoicing. (laughs) And so we are, with the remaining few who were willing to go in what was now cold at night, stand out on the road. We were trying to look for a spot because they liked the idea of having the North Star in view. We Mm -hmm, couldn't see the Milky mm -hmm. Way. The moon was up. And we weren't going to have the moon down for many, many hours. And so we were going for it with the moon. But we didn't want to have the moon in frame. The moon in frame was going to cause it to be way too bright. I think it was even a full moon weekend. And so uh, yeah, it was. Crazy yeah, something like that. Easy yeah. bright. So we wanted to look away from all of that and get the spirals at the North Star because at the North Star, every star around it is slower rotation. I mean, the rotation's happening Mm -hmm. right on Mm -hmm. that axis. And so you have slower movement and longer lines, longer lines away from that. So as like ripples in a water, as it goes away from the North Star and Polaris, you start seeing longer lines. And so it's really interesting, love doing star trails in that direction. And so we got ourselves lined up with light trails of cars going through the tunnel, lighting up the tunnel for us, the full moon completely lighting up the terrain and washing out a lot of the stars. That if you have a star trail that has too many stars, sometimes it's busy.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's really hard to work on and process with too many stars. It actually becomes kind of uh, awkward when you're processing it.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit it's, uglier. I mean, it can look awesome, but you have to work harder to make it not look super busy and confusing.
1: Yeah, because the star shows you did with the chimney rock um, from Zion's was had a lot of stars, and it was really busy, but you did a really great effect to make it look really cool.
0: In le- until I did that comet effect and brought back all the three hours of frames and made them about an hour and 50 minutes, hour and a half, until I did that, it was crazy busy. And so right. it looked good in the end, tweaking and modifying things. Here, mm. we had the full moon washing out all the stars, and we were set. So we're just taking quick shots and all of us were taking our star trails doing time lapse. So if we didn't have a feature, we had an intervalometer, we had magic lantern and we were running time lapses on our cameras. And so it was really nice because you get your camera set up, you get your composition, you make sure you take a really nice frame. That is your foreground frame, your foreground frame. I seen it in Instagram. You have an awesome light trail going through there.
1: Yeah, that was actually the mix of like three or
0: four uh, foreground images that I took. So there were multiple car trails or the same car trail going through?
1: There was, um, I think I mixed like two or three car trails and toned them down quite a lot so they could blend really well and not look overblown. And then there's actually the reflections of one of the car trails in the actual tar. um, It looked like water, but it's actually like the, the, the glossy tar fill that they fill in with the cracks.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: That was actually being reflected some orangish red color
0: Ooh, in one of my foregrounds,
1: and I really liked how that turned out, so I mixed that in with it.
0: Oh, nice! So you brought in and composited all those different car reflections and lights that were coming through. Yeah, so the
1: so the foregrounds like a composite of like four images, and the top is the composite of the rest of the star trails blended
0: together. I guess every image, right? Yeah. All brought together. And so, what what app did you use, or if any, to make your star trail? To do my Star Trails, I
1: actually use um, Star Stacks.
0: Yeah, that's what I use.
1: Yeah, and then for the foreground, I just did um, Photoshop for that. So I think I, if I remember correctly, I brought everything to Star Stacks, did my Star Trails first, then I exported that as high-res, brought everything to Photoshop, then did some stacking and editing in Photoshop to finish it off.
0: That's exactly my workflow. I take the sky, the Star Trails, and create those those image, all those images into one and then I bring that and mask it over my foreground in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And if I have multiple foregrounds, I do it all multiple, but if the uh, chimney stack one, that was my best shot of last year, mm-hmm. that one was a single image of the foreground that I just masked around it, the black sky, the star trail sky. So it's really cool. Another benefit of having the moon out is your sky is bluer than it would oh, be mm-hmm. if it didn't have the moon. And so oh, I love having that blue sky. It's really cool,
1: and what's nice about having a, a time lapse all in one all in one setting, and your composition is the same is it's so much easier to work with and composite. It's just, it becomes a joy to work with
0: instead of a pain. Yeah. And the beauty of star trail imagery is that you can go back to your car and let your camera just run. And we didn't do that. Mm -hmm. We sat down with chairs and all five of us were just sitting there hanging out. Buck, Larry, his wife, Becky, myself and Brendan. So I guess there's four of us that were hanging out there, enjoying ourselves and just talking, just having an hour and 15 minutes of talking and hanging out. Yeah, it was really cool. So if you guys are out back at the campfire and you're done doing Milky Way photography and your family's there, or your friends, and you're thinking, okay, I want to still do photography, but I just I can't ignore the family anymore. They want <laughs> me back. They want me available. Put the camera in the tripod and get a star trail shot. It doesn't matter how the light pollution is going on around you. Right, Take that. Right. Take that star trail. If you have fewer stars showing up, it's the better. I know that Ken Lee in our group, he has a lot of awesome star trail photography, and he only goes out during full moon. He loves what mm-hmm. that does to a star trail photography, how he has the terrain and great visual. He has fewer stars. It's less muddy and less busy, and it looks awesome. And so full yeah, moon yeah. photography or light polluted photography, man, just go for star trails. Yeah,
1: it's really a, it's a cool way to take advantage of the night sky um, all Month really, so it's pretty cool,
0: and especially right now, as we're in the winter, it is star trail time. Even Rob was saying he wants to do more star trail photography, and so I've got to get out there lately. I haven't, I just keep going out at night, going, Oh, Orion's looking beautiful. I want to capture that Orion Nebula, I want to capture everything on the Barnard's Loop. Oh, I want to capture that, but I haven't. I've been working so, man, January come January, Brennan, we are doing a lot more star trail photography. I'm excited. And if you want to come, awesome. So uh, uh, fantastic time with you guys in the Pocatello Photo Club. I mean, Larry, you are such a great, generous host to have us come down, join you in this this group. Enjoy your photo club's week out there and just... Even uh, feed us a little bit. And what? Even feed us a little bit. Oh, feed us. I thought you said (laughs) beat us a little bit. I had to clarify. Beat us with a stick. (laughs) Beat us a little bit. I had my burger with me, and I have to admit guys, I never, ever ate that burger. I got in the car and as we drove to the first gas station. I'm like, "See ya." <laughs> I threw it away. It was just too much. Oh, it was such a big burger. Really, really tasty. You guys are fantastic. Loved hanging out with you. I hope and hope and hope we get to see all of you again. And I know that we're going to see Larry and Buck again because we're going to go up through there, hang out with Larry, do some photography in his area. in And Buck just wants to go and do a lot of adventures together. And he has the toys and gear to do it and host us. And we're so excited to hang out with him. So, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Fantastic hangout with the Pocatello Photo Club. Thanks for inviting us in Bryce Canyon. Man, it's hard to say no to that. Oh, absolutely. So, let's go into a listener photog adventure and the tip of the week and end this podcast. So, okay. Listener Photog Adventure this week is brought to us by old friend Kevin Bell. Oh, no. F- Facebook, just re- Facebook just refreshed. While Gosh. I go pull that back up on my app, you mm-hmm. tell us about Kevin Bell's picture, where it was, what camera he used, and the settings. Because I'm going to okay. talk about the story here in a minute.
1: So Kevin Bell uh, wrote to us and said, uh, I just got back from the camping trip to Ice House in Kybers, California near Lake Tahoe. I've never heard of that. Kybers? Sounds... Is
0: that the Middle East? Kybers. The, the I'm... Eastern quadrant of if Northern it's near Lake Europe? Tahoe,
1: that means it's up North. <laughs>
0: Kybers. It literally sounds like you're in the Eastern block of Europe yeah, when nuts. you say Kybers.
1: Okay. Yeah. And he says, I went, a few, went with a few coworkers and their kids. And yesterday we all decided we wanted to go to a, the Bassey Falls and work up our appetite so they went out for this hike and a little backstory is that two of his coworkers came out to scout bassey falls and the surrounding campsite about a month ago um, and, uh, I have to click see more now. I didn't do that earlier. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I'll carry on from here. And they didn't even know the five mile road to Bassey falls wasn't even paved. And so they oh. went out to scout for campsites thinking, yeah, it'd be great. Got two coworkers go out there. And needless to say, they almost completely ripped off their front bumper of a Ford Focus. Oh, that's a Ford Talk Adventure right there. (laughs) Right. So going through there, even though they were cautious, they still were like completely wasting Mm. this Ford Focus and ripped off the bumper almost entirely. Parked a mile, went out and hiked the rest of the way up. I mean, this place that they're talking about, (laughs) uh, really beautiful view. The picture will be in the show notes. I got to emphasize again, because I forgot to emphasize that last podcast. Go to photogadventures.com forward slash EP, as in episode, EP, Fifty-seven, right? Fifty-seven is the episode we're in. Heinz, mm-hmm. fifty-seven. So go to EP fifty-seven, and you will find the show notes right there. Boom! And if you just go to photoadventures.com you'll see it in the right the right sidebar shows all sh- podcast show notes that are the recent, most recent five or six, and then you also see the most recent articles. And typically, no matter just depending on when you've heard that episode, if you heard it on the day it came out, you're going to see it right there first thing. And so you'll see that there tonight if you're listening to this tonight on Monday night late. So you'll see the show notes of Kevin Bell's picture. The interesting thing about his picture is mm. that he's using a black a B and W black and white F Pro Select Ten Stop N D filter. And he's trying oh, to bring out see. in midday really a good ten second exposure. Yeah, Ooh. 10 seconds is what he got? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so he really had the water moving, and I, I'm wondering if that's why everything is such a saturation of color and that the rocks, they almost look... I mean, I'd never known Kevin to be high on clarity, but the clarity slider seems huge in this image because each rock has every little... Contour, de- contrast, texture—it's all popping, and the way the tree bark is really popping brown, and the green evergreen pine needles are really green. It, it might be hmm. because of the 10 second f- going through the filter. I wonder if this particular end-stop filter, ND filter, ten stop. It- if it changed or saturated because of that, I, I don't have enough. Experience. I don't know. It's, I
1: mean, and the clarity is probably because he's at f sixteen. That's pretty high for an f stop. It's going to have a lot of clarity through throughout the shot.
0: So a lot of great focus on each rock, everything from the front rocks to the very yeah. far background rocks, huh?
1: Yeah, and so that's why you're getting a really good sharpness across the image. Um, as far as the color saturation, I mean, he's using the f the Fuji XT one, so. Um, Maybe that just renders. Yeah, the colors, they definitely can render different than what our cameras do. So it's hard to say.
0: Kevin ought to tell us, and Brent, I know Brent has a Fuji to tell us, if that's just something that the Fuji brings out, these awesome colors and just really... So vibrant. Vibrant. Yeah. The blue sky against the green trees. It's a really amazing area. The waterfall looks astonishing. I almost mm-hmm. wish this was a drone shot showing more of what's going on here. But that thing is looking sweet coming through here. What a great photo adventure. And And Kevin, thanks for being one of the first, or the first, actually, to use the hashtag lpa so if you guys want to share your listener photog adventure make sure you use the hashtag lpa so we know that you want us to share it and share your story it's just a really cool adventure he talks about 3.5 mile trek up there and he's finally get up he sets his tripod camera's ready to go and he starts shooting but then not even 45 minutes later the six-year-old that they had with him was starving and everyone ate all of the snacks on the way up And so they were hiking 3.5 miles, eating everything. And now the six-year-old's starving. And they're just barely put their tripod down. So they got 45 minutes, and that's all the time he had. He said, luckily, he scaled the rock in about 20 minutes after there. So he didn't have to rush the image, but he barely had most of an hour to be there. Because everyone yeah. had to go, the poor six-year-old starving. They're ready to get back, and they didn't have any snacks left over. So when you go, and when home, you're a
1: six-year-old and, you, and you're hungry, man, I mean that's like that's the end of the trip. You gotta go back and feed the
0: kids. So oh yeah, we safety how that is. and concern, comfort. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. man. Don't forget to go on a photo adventure with a couple bars in your bag. In fact, I have two Cliff bars that have been my bag for six months. Because if I don't use it, just still in there, just ready to go. I even went through the right. airport with a Cliff bar in the front right here. And, uh, yeah, I'll be eating that eventually. That was
1: radioactive. All right. Mmm. Give me superhuman <laughs> powers.
0: <laughs> so thanks for sharing your story, Kevin. Awesome photog adventure. Thanks for letting us know about it and using the hashtag LPA so that we can check it out. I'll put it in the show notes so you guys can see more information on all of his settings. And if you see this and hear this, Kevin, let us know. You think that ends up that uh, 10 stop ND filter caused any of the saturation or did you just go for it on this one? You just bring up the sliders it's 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 interestingly more saturated than more of your other pictures. And so I'm curious if it was just a conscious decision or if going through a 10 stop filter in the middle of the day just is one of those, you know, that's what happens. It's a side effect of it. So thanks guys, let's go for the tip of the day. And the tip of the day is the moon and star trails. We've talked about it already. When you're wanting to do star trails, having some moon come up, if it's not up during the whole thing, if it comes up for any amount of your frames, it will lighten as all of that shares the, the oh, yeah. lighter color and hue as it stacks. It'll lighten your background. And my image that I have in 2016, it has a really cool blue background thanks to having at least half of my frames while the small moon had come up and started to light the sky and mm-hmm. so i loved it i love having the moon with the star trails ken lee can vouch for having full moon star trail photography is the best and you can light your foreground you can light your area if you're gonna do star trails at all recommend that if you go out there in the middle of the darkest area possible in the darkest night no moon at all you will not see your terrain and unless you do some extra light painting or an extra really long frame for the foreground. And you're going to capture so many bleeding stars. Can I say bleeding? I'm sorry, Britain. Um, so many stars <laughs> that you are going to have everything bleed into each other. That's what I was trying to say. Is all yeah. the white circular yeah. you know, circular lines are going to bleed into each other and become just one big white blob. Not that it actually connects, because there are you know there is definition between each line. All concentric circles have some definition between them. But you know, it's not to my taste personally. And so you gotta check out what your taste is. So if you're worried about light pollution or moon, don't star trail photography is actually better with those problems so let's end the podcast announcing our winner of the challenge of getting you guys to go out there and give us a review we thank you so much for doing it all one of you one of you went out there and did it on itunes and we appreciate <laughs> you a uh, photo hunter who happens to be david hunter who happens to be one of the portfolio reviews we're working on right now i'm looking at one of your pictures david it's a fantastic picture by the way I mean, we're really jealous of this snow one where the water is trickling through this river or it's a river going into a pond and all the rocks are black and reflective. And then there's this really cool snow cap on these rocks and they're dripping down and melting during the day and causing icicles to come off of the snowpack. (laughs) It's so cool. It's an awesome picture. So we're doing that in your portfolio review. So David, congrats. You have won a Carson Lumi loop from me. So I'm gonna contact you in Facebook tomorrow and let you know that you've won. You've probably heard this by that time and we'll get your information so I can ship this out to you. But we've only got one more review and I have two more Carson Lumi loops. So I was thinking, (laughs) let's do this again, but let's do three winners. I can get another Carson Lumi loop and I will give out three Carson Lumi loops to three lucky winners. And let's try and get a few more than just one. So this podcast, the next podcast, the next four podcasts, well, yeah, probably four, because we're going to do a couple of little backup ones that we're going to make up for something that we lost uh, time on earlier. And we're going to have a few more podcasts out before the end of the year. So by the end of 2017, that december what do we have a 31st this year we do right december 31st yeah by december 31st we'll check all of the reviews from now until december 31st and hopefully we'll have more than three winners but for those of you three who actually do it you're guaranteed a carson Lumi loop so get out there give us a review we'd really appreciate to hear from you help us grow on itunes and grow a following there and so if you guys can be willing to do that that'd be awesome Fill it out only on iTunes right now or just it's more helpful there. Stitcher and Google Play, if you guys can fill it out, that'd be awesome. Um, If you do fill out a review in Stitcher and Google Play because you just, you know, like Rob Ryan, you are not willing to install iTunes on your computer because that's just ridiculous and you hate the idea. Let me know and I will add you into the pool. Completely appreciate it and love it. Google, Stitcher, or iTunes. Get your review out there. That'd be awesome. And we'll put you in a pool of people, of names, and we'll pick three winners, give you guys a Carson Loomy loop eh, for the effort. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, Brendan. Thanks for joining us from your home. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. Brendan and I will come back at you next Monday and keep looking for the Astrophotog stuff that's coming out. I am enjoying doing the live webinars. See you next Monday at 3 p.m. for the live webinar where we talk about noise in your images. Yeah,
1: yeah. all right. see See you guys. Have a
0: good week. See ya.